Hello, friends. This is the Neatarts Friends Church podcast. We are Jesus people, Kingdom of God people, welcoming, yearning, sharing. And we're glad you're connecting here with us. We'd love to connect in person as well. If you're inclined to support this podcast or for more information, just hop on over to neatartsfriends.org. That's neatartsfriends.org. Let's jump into today's sermon. Hello, friends. We have a few more weeks in the Body Life series. And because so much of what we're doing in that series is connected to the in-person worship gatherings, it's really hard to duplicate that for the podcast. And so the part that I'm sharing with you all, if you're just connecting via podcast, I'm sharing the short sermonettes, uh, if you will, with all of you who are connecting through the podcast. How many people have you met who are really, really good at personal evangelism? Like, when I think about how many people I've met that are really, really good at personal evangelism, I can count that number on one hand. Uh, Now, maybe if I'm being generous, I could count it on two, but I, I really think I can count it on one hand. And my dad happens to be one of those people. So here's a story about why I put my dad on that list. And I could, I could choose any number of stories, but uh, I'm going to share a, a dandy from when I was in high school. So I remember one time I was in high school and we were driving home. We were out on the highway and dad got pulled over and the policeman told him that he'd been going 15 miles an hour over the speed limit. And so uh, the policeman asks dad to come back with him to the police car while he runs his plates and his license, registration, etc. And so dad goes back there. And dad is back there with this policeman for a really long time. And when dad finally came back to to our vehicle, he says, well... He gave me a warning, and also he prayed to accept Jesus as his Savior, and he's going to be at church this coming Sunday. (laughs) Who does that? Like, even if they want to pull that off, how many people can pull that off? If evangelism, if you're defining it as getting someone to pray a prayer to receive Christ— then my, my dad was and is the, the Michael Jordan, the LeBron James, the Tom Brady of personal evangelism. He's exceedingly good at that. But there aren't very many Michael Jordans out there. When it comes to evangelism, a lot of people feel like they, they probably couldn't even make a basket. Uh, like if we're going to use that Michael Jordan analogy, they look at that basketball and they're like, I, I don't think I could even make a basket. So they'd rather not even try because it's so embarrassing. Or they look at 
evangelism and they're like, man, I've seen it done in so many horrible, judgmental, fear-based, shame-based, just non-authentic ways. And so they just say, I don't want to hurt anyone and I don't want to embarrass myself. So they steer clear of this whole evangelism thing. They're just like, I'm, I'm not going to have any part. I'm not going to have anything to do with it. Through the years, I've been to numerous personal evangelism workshops. I've taken courses on personal evangelism. I have gone to weekend seminars on personal evangelism. And I have witnessed people trying to learn how to relate to other people in a way that simply did not come natural to them at all. It ran against their personality And I've seen people trained how to win arguments using logic and rhetoric to try to back other people into corners where really their only option left is Jesus. Ick. It's kind of gross. And and years and years ago, I was the guy. I have been the guy at someone else's doorstep who... You know, I just knock on the door. I don't know who's going to answer. They open the door, and now I'm asking this person scripted questions that are designed to back them into a corner. Most people realize, most Christians, I should say, realize that they are not the Michael Jordan of personal evangelism. And so most Christians give up. But Guess what else happens with personal evangelism? Some people have just the right blend of charisma and intelligence and authenticity and influence. And so they are the Michael Jordan of personal evangelism. And when a Michael Jordan of personal evangelism does emerge... Because there there are numerous people who it's like, man, you are so good at this. Not always, but far too often, the people, their converts, the people who uh, make decisions about their faith, they become convinced that this evangelism, this evangelist is an incredible person. Whoever convinced them to pray the prayer, to put their faith in Jesus, whatever it is, they're like, wow, that's an incredible person. So they can end up thinking almost more about the evangelist than they end up thinking about Jesus. So for instance, and I don't know if this happened with the policeman, but I'll just use the policeman as an example. The policeman who wants to come to church because he hears he, he wants to hear someone like my dad preach because he's never met anyone who he pulls him over and brings him back to his police car and they get him to a place of spiritual vulnerability. He's impressed by that. He's like, how did you do that? It's intriguing to him. And he's curious to learn more about this incredible person. And it, it kind of remains to be seen whether or not the new convert intends to reorient their life towards Jesus 
they, they may or they may not. Now, I'm not saying this is what happened with the policeman who pulled over my dad. I don't know. It certainly could have happened. And I'm not trying to, by using the example of that policeman or using the example saying my dad is is really good at personal evangelism, I'm not trying to throw all of the Michael Jordans of personal evangelism under the bus. That Those people are a gift to the church. They, they accomplish something wonderful and, and sometimes incredible. But if this is the situation where only a very small amount of Christians are actually any good at personal evangelism, actually effective, are we looking at this the right way? Or is there a different way to think about evangelism? Is there a different way to approach evangelism? Christian thinkers and leaders, church leaders, much wiser than myself, have suggested that there's this way that the body of Christ can actually be the body of Christ and practice evangelism, and it's by taking the personal evangelism out of the picture and instead practicing, you could call it corporate evangelism, you could call it life together evangelism. And it's not the same as friendship evangelism, because sometimes people talk about that. It's not quite the same. It's we do this together. That's what it is. In the New Testament, it's interesting. If you track the words evangelist, evangelism, uh, sharing the good news, it's interesting. So often, if you're looking at when it's relating to disciples of Jesus, it's not something that one person does. It is something that y'all do. It's something that many people are doing together. So a simple way of saying this is that the community of believers is the proof. The church family is the proof. You see, there's this fascinating connection between what people consider to be reasonable and plausible and their social connections. It's the way most of us are wired. The things that we consider to be reasonable and plausible are affected by who's in our life. And they are, it's affected by our deep relationships with other people. I'm not just making this up. There are loads of sociologists, researchers, philosophers, psychologists, theologians who, who back this up, who write about this and research this call it the social imaginary, plausibility structures, uh, Lego theory. Basically, it goes like this. If someone only has one friend who is a Jesus follower, someone who has reoriented their life around the risen Jesus, if they only have one friend who's a Jesus follower, then following Jesus will probably seem kind of silly. To that person, it will probably seem irrelevant to them. They're like, I, I don't know why I would do that. But you take that very same person, 
and you give them more close friendships with Jesus followers than they have with other kinds of people. And suddenly a life of following Jesus doesn't seem so silly to them. In fact, they look at a life of following Jesus and it starts to seem kind of reasonable and attractive, even beautiful to them. And this is this is the power, the attractiveness of corporate evangelism, life together evangelism. It's inviting people into not only Sunday gatherings, but it's inviting them into all of our shared life together. Not just in a building, but all of life. And when an entire church family engages in corporate evangelism, it's proven to be way more effective than if you have one or two Michael Jordans on the team. In general, and this is very much in general, the research says most people have the capacity for roughly five to eight deep relationships in their life. And so if, if you're just using that as a general term, uh, the more of those deep relationships that are with followers of Jesus, the more likely it becomes that a, a life oriented around following Jesus could be beautiful to you. That's just the way it works. So in corporate evangelism, you don't have to be Michael Jordan. You simply need space in your life for some good relationships, some deep relationships with people who don't believe in Jesus. And perhaps you'll be the very first one in their life, or perhaps you'll be number three or four or five. So this simple body life question for you is to look at your capacity for relationships right now, like if you have room for eight deep relationships or five deep relationships or whatever number you would put on that, to look at those spaces and say, do I have room for some people who are not followers of Jesus? And then am I supposed to be like the first contact person? Or am I supposed to join in with uh, someone who already, like, they already have some friendships with Jesus followers, and I'm just going to be one more in their life and, and see what happens. So as you are in the midst of that, are you inviting more Jesus followers in? Are you inviting that person to connect with more followers of Jesus? It's... What, what kind of relational space do I have in my life? And am I being intentional about this? That's corporate evangelism. Life together evangelism. And we all, we all are able to do that. We don't have to be Michael Jordan. So that is our short little sermonette today. Body life and evangelism. Love you, friends.
Thank you for joining us for a Sunday sermon from Neatart's Friends Church. We hope you'll join us soon for one of our in-person worship gatherings. For more information, hop on over to neatartsfriends.org. God's peace be with you, friends.